Welcome to the Zen Brain Podcast. This is Michael Pierce, your host. Today's episode is me and my buddy driving to get some water refills and do some grocery shopping in town and having a conversation about the dark crystal and its potential symbolism for our real world. And we're kind of talking about some of that. I start off by reading ChatGPT's analysis the concept and then we talk about it afterwards so i hope you like it and i would love to hear your feedback about it the dark crystal 1982 film directed by jim henson and frank oz delivers into an intriguing world of mysticism duality metaphorical intrigue these themes and their presented analogies often lend themselves to comparisons with various aspects of our real world, both tangible and philosophical. One of the primary parallels seen is the extraction of the essence of the Skeksis, the antagonist species in the film. This extraction is performed to sustain their life and power, much like the rumors surrounding adrenochrome consumption and blood drinking attributed to the world's elites, clandestine societies like the Illuminati. Go ahead and drive and stuff. Let's not worry about making this perfect. Oh, you have that electric stuff going on. Okay. Yeah. Although such practices are largely regarded as conspiracy theories and lack empirical evidence, they nevertheless provide an eerie comparison to the film's narrative. This essence extraction also mirrors the idea of collecting louche, a term derived from Robert Monroe's book's Far Journeys that represents the energy harvested from human emotional suffering. These entities quest for immortal immortality in the film resembling the real-world fixation on life, life extension, which has manifested in various forms from ancient search for the fountain of youth to modern advances in bioengineering and medical and medicine. The obsession with eternal life is not merely physical, but is often imbued with the desire for sustained power and control, a theme shared by theories surrounding the supposed elite controllers of our world. The Gelfling, on the other hand, signify the masses or general population who are often ignorant of these expo- exploitations until the truth is unveiled. The initial state mirrors the concept of mass sleep, a prevalent theme in the conspiracy theories indicating that perceived unawareness of the general public regarding the, the machinations of those in power. Furthermore, the symbol, symbolic duality depicts in the movie between the Skeksis and the Mystics is also an echo of the Gnostic philosophy where the material world is considered evil, the Skeksis, and the spiritual world seen as good, the mystics. This parallel the notion of dualism, a central theme in many real-world religions and philosophical doctrines, implying a constant struggle between opposing forces such as good versus evil, light versus darkness, and knowledge versus ignorance. Lastly, the great conjunction in the film serves as a metaphor to transforming an age It is often likened to significant societies or planetary shifts such as the age of Aquarius in astrological terms or the concept of new world order, a term associated with the alleged secretive power of the elite's ultimate goal of global domination. Its essence is essential to underline that these are speculative interpretations of the dark crystal relating to symbolism of various real world concepts often grounded more in conjecture and theory than empirical verified facts. Regardless, it serves as an illustration film profound philosophical depth and its potential for diverse interpretation as with all works of art the beauty 
lies in the eyes, or in the in this case, the mind of the beholder. And I just told her to keep writing, and let's see what this is what came out. A potent symbol throughout the film is the eponymous dark crystal itself, a shattered relic of the once unified world of Thra. In its fractured state, the dark crystal can be likened to our present world, divided and driven by conflict and inequalities, echoing the philosophical concept of broken world thinking. When healed, it represents a utopia, an ideal society in perfect harmony, a state that many argue humanity should strive to achieve. Moreover, the Skeksis and the mystics merging into the Urskeks at the film's end further mirrors the aspiration of the unity reminding us of yin and yang concepts in Taoism. It embodies the idea that opposites or contrary forces may be complementary, interconnected, and interdependent in the natural world and how they can give rise to each other in turn. Another angle we can explore is the environmental commentary evident in the film. The Skeksis' destructive consumption of essence for their benefit mirrors how mankind often exploits natural resources for selfish gains, heedless of the de devastation left in their wake. The film, therefore, can also be seen as an allegory for environmental issues, specifically over consumption and exploitation. The role of the prophecy in the Dark Crystal can be compared to the use of prophecy in religious texts or how many believe in predetermined destiny. The prophecy unifies the Gelflings and ultimately leads to the downfall of the Skeksis, suggesting the power of the collective action against oppressive systems in the real world. The Augur character, the wise sage, is akin to the wise individuals in society who have a broader understanding of the world, often dismissed or overlooked until the need for such wisdom becomes undeniable. Ogre's one-eyed gaze is also symbolic. The third eye in various traditions symbolizes a state of enlightenment or the evocation of mental images having deeply personal, spiritual, or psychological significance. These deeper analogies in the Dark Crystal make it not just a fantasy film, but a profound philosophical exploration of human nature, societal structures, and our relations with the world and each other. While these comparisons are conjectural, they can stimulate thought-provoking discussions about our world and its roles. And to keep going, just read the whole thing. I added another one. I had another question. I won't read the question. The Dark Crystal paints a vibrant picture of a world filled with various races. I'll ask questions about races and how that relates over. Okay. Um, the Dark Crystal paints a vibrant picture of a world filled with various races and species with each unique attributes and societal roles. It is intriguing to draw comparisons between these fictional races and the purported real-world races and species, including the controversial theory of non-human identities like reptilians. The Skeksis, the corrupt ruling class in the film, can be metaphorically likened to an elite group of human history that seeks power and control over others. Some conspiracy theories equate such elites to be non-human entities like reptilians, supposedly shape-shifting creatures that manipulate human societies from the shadow. While these theories lack scientific evidence, they mirror the Skeksis' cunning and exploitive nature in the movie. On the other hand, the mystics represent the philosophical, spiritual, or knowledgeable individuals who are often marginalized or suppressed in societies they could be compared to wise sages and mystics in various cultures often seen as the guardians of ancient knowledge and wisdom which i think that's pretty true the gelfling akin to humans represent the majority of the populace who are often subject to manipulation and exploitation by the ruling elites the diverse tribes of gelflings could also be representative of the various races and ethnicities in our world each with unique cultures and traditions yet sharing a common genetic lineage 
The podlings who have lived simple lives in harmony with nature can be compared to indigenous societies that live symbi symbiotically with their environment, preserving ancient wisdom and practices. As far as the notion for different types of blood or bloodlines, it's interesting to draw a parallel with the concept of royal or noble bloodlines in human history associated with power and privilege. The Skeksis' consumption of essence is to prolong their lives could serve as an allegory representative of the elite's desire to maintain the pure bloodline as seen in certain aristocratic and royal families. The movie also introduces the idea of genetic memory in the form of dream fasting, where Gelflings share memories through physical contact. This can be likened to the concept of ancestral memory or genetic memory, hypothesized in the real world where memories and experience are inherently through DNA. Wow. Where memories and experience are inherently through DNA. I might have to research that more. It's a curious thing I've thought about. While these are intriguing comparisons to ponder, it is vital to remember that they are speculative. Okay, we know they're speculative. Yeah. I said do more speculative interpretation. One more thing. Offers Okay, the Dark Crystal offers a variety of symbolic elements to explore, some of which have not been extensively covered. Let's delve into these symbols and their speculative interpretations related to real-life historical and religious context. The titular dark crystal itself stands as an emblem of purity and unity corrupted by self-desire and symbols representing the biblical tree of knowledge whose fruit, once consumed, led to the fall of humankind into a state of sin and division. Just as the biblical narratives speak of a promised savior to reconcile humanity with divinity, the prophecy in the film speaks of Gelfling who would heal their crystal and restore unity and harmony. The crystal shard is a broken piece of darkened crystal, signifies the key restoration and hope. It can be compared to the Holy Grail of the Arthurian legend of the Spear of Destiny from Christian traditions. Objects of immense power that can bring salvation or destruction depending on who wields them. The crystal chamber where the Skeksis drain the essence of beings bears resemblance to historical torture chambers used by various oppressive regimens to extract information or inflict pain. The essence of the draining procedure itself can be likened to medieval practices of, of bloodletting believed to heal the often causing more harm than good. The Wall of Destiny in the film depicts a prophecy of the Gelfling healing the Dark Crystal <coughs> is akin to historical prophetic writings or mural depictions found in many ancient cultures such as the Egyptian hieroglyphs or Mayan codices. As, for, as further religious parallels of good and evil, consider the dualism Presented in Zoroastrianism, an ancient Persian religion, it posits a cosmic conflict between Ahura Mazda, a benevolent deity, and angry Mainyu, a destructive spirit, much like the struggle between the Skeksis and mystics. Moreover, the Skeksis fall pre present as benevolent rulers to the Gelfling, parallels how many deceptive figures in religious texts often disguise themselves as agents of light. This deception ties in the theme of wolves in sheep's clothing found in various scriptures, including the Bible, and the film's conclusion where the Skeksis and mystics merge to form an enlightened Urkskex can be viewed as an allegory of the ultimate reconciliation between good and evil, drawing parallels with eschatological beliefs in various religions where a final harmonious state is achieved after climactical battle between good and evil. These speculative interpretations reinforce the rich thematic depth of the dark crystal and its capacity to serve as a lens 
through which we may view and analyze various aspects of history, society, and spirituality. The movie, the movie, so we're going to look at a conclusion of that one and, and, and see how our world may conclude if we compare it. In the movie, the resolution is achieved through the great conjunction, the event that reunifies the Skeksis and the mystics into the original forms, the Urkskeks. This event restores harmony and balance to the world of Thra as the dark crystal is made whole again. If we transpose this into the real world context, this would perhaps manifest as a significant global event or shift leading to unity, balance, and the healing of societal divides. It could be a series of transformative social political changes, a revolution of consciousness, or a major scientific breakthrough that alleviates human understanding of itself and its place in the universe. The end could involve reconciliation and harmony among various racial, ethnic, or national groups similar to the reformation of the Urkskeks. It might mean an equitable redistribution of resources and eliminating the vast disparities we currently see akin to the end of the Skeksis' oppressive rule. It might involve collective shift towards an environmental sustainability, much like the restoration of natural balance and thaw. At a deeper level, the mystics and the Skeksis reuniting into the Urkses could represent the reconciliation of dualities that exist within us. Our positive and negative traits, our strengths and weaknesses, our egos and our true selves. The healing of the dark crystal in the world might metaphorically refer to the healing of our collective consciousness and the eradication of ignorance of the enlightened of the masses, this could parallel the Gelfling's ascension as the new stewards of Throb. The culmination of the dark crystal represents a hope, transformation, transposing that onto our reality. The end story could signify a world where we overcome our differences, resolve conflicts, and work together for a harmonious existence, moving from a state of exploitation and division towards unity and collective well-being. And there's a bunch of other movies with similar symbolism that was longer than I thought, but was, I thought, a great analyzation of the whole thing. Yeah. Any thoughts? Huge. Huge. See, this is where it's like, to me, because everything that I've learned about how human nature truly is to, like, replay its dramas out again and again, tell its story again and again, you know? relive in your mind and your fantasy those things that made you feel anything you know whether it was good bad the ugly and so to me how many other movies are about this exact same thing like the jupiter ascending is the exact thing dude exactly it and it's so straightforward about it too um and so so it's just fascinating to say that either A, we're making it up, B, it's been made up and it's the agenda that's being pushed on us again and again and again and again, so we do believe it, so we start creating it, or B, it's the undeniable truth that is lodged in our DNA memory and it's the story that needs to be heard and needs to be told because it's the voice for the voiceless, it's, the, it's all the stories and dramas that have never been heard, that have been shushed and kicked under the rug. You know, all the people whose stories have never been told, that it died with them, and that pain, that thing that they held on to, it's probably what has kept them from being able to incarnate because it was too impactful, literally to the soul, not just to the being of, you know, whoever, you know, Steve, you know, Michaels, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So... 
so yeah, it's uh, you know, it just comes down to then, well, what do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? Because at this point, you can ask anyone else what they feel about it, which sometimes you need that affirmation or reassurance because maybe you didn't hear all the comparisons. Maybe you didn't know the story of adrenochrome, so you need to get told. But in all, it comes down to you have to ask yourself, how does it make you feel? And do you feel it's real? And whether it's real or not, what are you going to do about it? said truth or lie you know most people choose nothing yeah i think that the allegory is playing out internally no matter what and based on in what is in, in what is in what is without or what is above is also below it would also suggest that all these things are playing out in the real world as well but it's all speculative and symbolic uh another thing too that then you said that made me think of is there's only so many stories that can be told. I mean, there's only a certain amount. I mean, they can be told in a different a bunch of different ways, um, which makes sense that you're saying that we're living out our own dramas. And I would suggest that that guy probably knew some real truth. The, the designers of this story were representing a lot of things they saw in history in the world. But I would also suggest that because they're really opening up that creative box that it's coming in from, like you said, the DNA. I mean, Jim Henson wrote The Dark Crystal, and Jim Henson died a very conspicuous death. You know, natural causes, of course, but no. It, I mean, when you start looking into it, it's just another one of those conspiracies, you know. But let's just shove that word aside and call it a theory. Because after you start hearing so many heart attacks and drug overdoses and conspicuous deaths, you start to... Well, what were these people talking about and why do they all die the same age, the same way and so on? And Jim Henson's one of those people. This story is one of those stories. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Was there anything, any of the symbolisms that stood out to you? Because I've drawn some symbols by watching it, but this brought out stuff, a lot of stuff I didn't even know about or think about. Was there anything that stood out to you that maybe you hadn't thought of symbolism wise? That I haven't thought that of. That you hadn't thought of when I read that. Okay. That you saw in the movie. You're like, oh, wow. I didn't. I never thought of that before. Because we talk about the Skeksis and the lead and, and yeah. the essence extraction. I've never. I never really thought about it in a uh, sustainability, eco-friendly way. But, um, but the yeah. shattering of the crystal, for example. You know, actually, yeah. So that. That was actually one that I hadn't thought about. Is what the crystal itself actually represented. Because me... I had always thought of it as like the heart of Thra and so on. But the way that that, as it was depicted in what we just listened to, it did make me then think about the collection, you know, of all consciousness, the collective consciousness. Yeah. Because data is stored in crystals, you know, even to this day, CD-ROMs yeah. and everything, even in our cell phones. And so... That crystal is holding the data, the life of Thra, the yeah. heart of Thra, the data of Thra, um, which means that's where all the souls are kept. That's where the knowledge is kept. That's why, you know, freaking um, Ursa, not, her name's not Ursa, whatever her name is, yeah. she talks to the crystal yeah. is what she does. And when she talks to the crystal, all she's doing is talking to herself through the crystal. And so it's... 
if you really start looking at it in that sense, I started then seeing like, well, the crystal would be the form of our higher self, yeah. but, but it's actually more consciousness more of the collective. interacting with ourselves. And who yeah. would we trust more than if not ourself? Yeah. So if we died and went and saw God, would we trust a child that was black, white? Would we trust a dog or a cat? Like, what would you trust? And that is what the crystal would show you. Because the crystal itself is all of the data condensed, all of the knowledge condensed, all of the stories condensed, which means it is nothing but the truth. Mm -hmm. So when you have an entity speaking to you through the lens of nothing but truth, unfiltered truth, and you saw yourself as that image, would you then not call that your higher self, God or whatever? Yep. That's what the it's crystal who you is. are. So I never really actually thought about that. But having thing. the consciousness shattered or broke, then that's, that's interesting. Then it's the, the and, and the Skeksis broke it through their greed, through their greed of trying to take, which then goes right back to those freaking, as I've been talking about, the oracles that go through their channelings and speak. Well, the, and you know these prophecies. Of her, or, or what's her name? Uh, the the third eye woman. She yeah, Eartha. Or, <laughs> Anyway, she dies and gets kind of reborn. Olgra. 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 Olgra dies from the crystal, surrenders, and then gets rebirthed out of the earth later. Like, what? Is that like a Jesus thing, maybe? Oh, yeah, right, right. The, the, the resurrection? I mean, definitely shows a resurrection of her consciousness and a reconnection to herself. And she had to give herself willingly. That's still going down the symbolic road of Jesus because it had to be a willing offer. It had to be a willing offer, a sacrifice for Uh dying of all sins. This is actually, funny enough, something that I hadn't thought about. Now, granted, we now are actually talking about the Age of Renaissance or whatever it's called, which is now the series of the Dark Crystal. I like to combine them all together, but in the actual movie, none of that is actually happening. But in the series on the Netflix, there is a lot more in-depth to it. And Jim Henson, mind you, was dead at this point when this movie or the series was even being created and it was through his memory through his team and some other people that really honored him that they wanted to honor and do this movie perfect and exactly how he wanted to do it through his lens of truth um and that's why they actually created it back again with puppetry and they didn't uh try to use uh cinema you know all the graphics and everything nowadays um because they wanted to bring it back out through an unfiltered lens of truth. And you what can do Jim that. And, believed. and if you do that in a movie, you'll get filtered and stuff. It's the same with like truth that can be communicated through comedy or through cartoons like South Park or Simpsons. Like the shit that some of these cartoons get away with. And, and the reason they can do it is because these characters are clearly fictitious and it's purely for entertainment. Um, and I think that I, I, I'm not saying that's the reason that obviously Jim Henson would do that. Cause I think he was fascinated about physically creating another like reality, um, that, that feels really, that was purely, yeah. it was interactive and you purely just made it. Like I can see why he got obsessed with that. Um, and, uh, that's partly why I'm interested in doing voiceovers and creating drama with voiceovers, you know, it's because there's a, there's a, there's a disconnect between me and the character. So if you if somebody gets mad at something that is said, they they're actually going to get mad at a character that doesn't even actually exist, even though there is a puppet master, which would be me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I think that's uh, good. Anything? Any? Any other thoughts on Dark Crystal? Well, so not necessarily on the Dark Crystal, but let's just talk about because you mentioned the Sipses, for instance. Yes, the, this unity is that what I is yeah. that I say that right when they're when the the mystics and the Skeksis join in one oneness. At the oh end? yeah, and they call them the Earth Skex or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of like maybe symbology of that we live in duality and when we come together as one. But it's also a story too of how the ancients that got totally just uh, how. Was through one of the beliefs of something like how there was like 12 archetypes or something like the 12 gods and that the gods themselves broke themselves apart to, you know, to know themselves better. I, I forget the exact. Sorry, I'm like a little confused because I'm driving. Um, <clears throat> basically, imagine like I'm just going to compare it to so it's not Greek mythology, but let's just compare it to like Greek gods or Roman gods or whatever. And that there's like these 12 gods. And that one of them wants to interact with these incarnations and learn more about itself and grow as well as it, you know, wants to incarnate. It wants to play the video game. It wants to enjoy itself in life. But this archetype, let's say, you know, is the god of water or the god of the sun. It has to have something that continues to be the god of the sun as it puts its focal point into what it wants to focus on its desire it's whatever so now with the story of these greek gods and stuff their desires were the flesh of human you know not saying eating some yes but more so like the desire to sleep with the humans this is also the tell in the bible and such too you know about how the fallen ones or the sons of god you know looked upon the daughters of man and so playing with that it's the idea that we all come from one or multiple of these gods, the bloodline of these gods, the flames of these suns, these celestial entities. Um, and that's why when I believe, you know, if you've run into a twin flame, you're actually running into literally a soul whose dominant portion of its soul and flame comes from one of these archetypes, one of these actual gods, you know, and you can compare them to the zodiacs, you know. And so most at this point would say there's 13 Zodiacs. And that's because we are still creating and growing. Well, and it's also because the moon goes around 13 times. Anyway, there's a, we won't get into astrology, but <coughs> there's, there, there's actually 13 months because that's how many times the moon, that's how many months there is in the an cycles. actual year. And they put it into 12 and then, and then changed up the the uh the month day so you got 28 here and 31 here this is done on purpose and then this is a whole nother conversation we can talk about sometime about the galactic calendar but uh let's go ahead and end it here because yeah because i'm rambling and and when let's do that too but let, one other thing i want to say and i'll just say it on this recording that window in the back is typically going to be very distracting to our voices that's partly why i'm putting the microphone close to our mouths but um, Spotify for podcasters, apparently with their new upgrade, they're actually filtering out a lot of noise. So this will be a good first test. And I'm just saying that now so that if I publish this and the sound is bad, you'll, you'll know why, but if it sounds good, that means Spotify for podcasters did a great job, um, pulling out the sound of a car driving. All right. Uh, thanks for uh, listening and, uh, you know, send us any comments or questions. We'd love to keep this conversation going.